Well, I'm Chuck Bowen, editor at Lawn and Landscape Magazine, and I'm here today on the phone with Todd Mayhew, the field development manager uh, for the Western Region for Valent Professional Products. Um, and uh, what I'd like to talk with Todd about today is an update on the emerald ash borer, which is, uh, is still a growing problem for contractors and, uh, and trees throughout the country, but also some other uh, cousins of the emerald ash borer, some other flat-headed borers that uh, LCO should keep an eye out for this season, especially with last year's drought that's, that's turned into uh, this year's drought. So Todd, first of all, thank you for taking the time to come on the uh, Lawn Care Radio Network. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. So, uh, so Todd, uh, in addition to you being um, field development manager with Valent, you're also a, a classically trained entomologist. So I always enjoy talking with you about these insect-specific topics. Um, and uh, I think why don't we start with um, what what last year's drought or this year's drought, um, what kind of impact is that having on borers generally around the country? Okay. So um, borers for, for trees that are in native areas and are, and are um, you know, growing healthily, uh, really borers aren't, uh, aren't an issue outside of you know, emerald ash borer, which is, a, which is an invasive insect and can, can attack a healthy uh, tree. Uh, but outside of that, we've got a whole complex of, of uh, cousins, as you mentioned, to emerald ash borer, which uh, focus in on trees that are, that are under stress. And uh, last year's drought uh, certainly did a number um, on trees in terms of, uh, of decreasing their vigor and their energy stores going into the winter this year. So right now trees are, uh, are starting to, uh, to wake up and, and starting to flush. And, um, and uh, these insects actually key in on some of the, the volatiles that trees release when they're under stress. Um, stress can be caused by, uh, by, by drought, um, by transplanting, and so forth. And, uh, and these uh, group of insects have a real uh, uh, key way of, of finding these trees that are weak and make them a lot more susceptible to attack. And so um, uh, it's typically been, uh, when looking back over the research from a lot of uh, outbreaks that have occurred with things like the apple tree uh, borer, for example, um, you know, there, there's an uptick following uh, periods of drought because the tree's uh, overall immune system, if you will, or their energy levels are, are depressed. So, so, the, so the insects can kind of um, identify which trees are in trouble already. They and, can and, yeah. and attack those. Yeah, um, there's some. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, there's some volatiles that the trees give off that the uh, that the insects can can um, kind of hone in on and figure out now which ones are sick and weak, and uh, you know they'll they'll kind of gang up on the on those trees, so to speak. So so we have we have stands of trees um, in in large swaths of the country that are already under a lot of stress because of the drought and because of some other conditions regionally. Uh, and what what time period are these insects going to be active? When when can an LCO expect to see these these out in the field? Well, the adults are are active um, mainly in in uh, May and June. Uh, they can be out as early as April and as late as November, but typically you'll see the, the um, highest populations in May and June. Uh, they will then lay eggs um, in, in the cracks and crevices of the bark. The, the immatures will bore into the tree, and they feed in the, uh, in the uh, cambial tissue, which is that area just underneath the bark, uh, but not yet into the, the hardwood of the tree. So very similar to what emerald ash borer does. Uh, they kind of get in there, and they feed underneath that, that bark. And so um, symptomology... Of, of the insect damage, it will be expressed by, um, by first maybe some wilted or off-colored leaves uh, in, in, uh, in, in some branches and, uh, and towards the, the top part of the canopy. Uh, that will progress into a whole um, a branch dieback. Uh, there may be some areas um, where the insect 
uh, first enter where the where the uh, the new larva entered the bark, you can kind of see some sunken areas and perhaps some um, some fluid or oozing out of the uh, out of the trunk and some of the branches. Um, but generally speaking, you know, at that point, uh, a lot of damage has been done. So really, we're looking at taking a proactive approach on these things to stop these uh, these problems from occurring. So, so thinking of of treatment here, it sounds like the maybe the first the first step is to get the trees as healthy as you can uh, from from out of the gate, so Absolutely. that they can they can resist themselves this this sort of uh, this sort of pest. Um, barring that, if we're if we're if we're already into the season, um, what are some of the treatment strategies that a contractor can take when confronted with some of these flat-headed borers? Well, fortunately, there are several options that you have with regard to managing uh, this pest. And um, the, the most effective methods um, are, are some systemic insecticide applications, products such as Merit um, and Safari. Um, both work well. Safari has a, um, has a little bit wider application window. Uh, merit needs to be applied earlier in the season to allow for uh, time for uptake and so forth. So really we're talking about um, applications uh, May, uh, June for, uh, for the Safari product into early July for Safari um, to, to help try and prevent the damage from, from getting started. Um, and uh, if you do notice some trees this year that, that are have some damage on them, um, it's, it's not necessarily too late. You, you do want to talk to your customer about planning for a treatment next year. Um, and, and making sure that you also, um, you know, give a good um, overall tree health program along with the uh, the um, um, sale of, of the material to protect from the insects. Because you want to you want to take care of the insect, and you also want to um, you know boost the health of the tree. And there's many um, products and ways that you can you can do that. So it's sort of a two pronged attack. You want to increase the health of the tree generally, but then also treat this pest to 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 get it out of there. Yeah, and, and this is specific for um, uh, in, for borers outside of um, outside of amyl ash borer. So what we're really talking about here is there's a couple of key um, borers that that um, have been problematic over the years. The uh, apple tree borer is one of them. It's you know it's uh, it's a, got a pretty wide host range. It's not just apples. It also is a um, you know, will attack uh, maples, um, magnolias, hawthorns, uh, even hydrangeas. So um, it's got a pretty wide host range. Uh, bronze birch borer. Uh, and, there, and there's also some other poplar borers, uh, bronze birch borer, of course, being um, attacking bronze, uh, birch, birch, and, and, uh, birch trees. And then um, and the poplar borer gets into cottonwoods and, and other poplar species like that. So, um, you know, with all those, that complex of insects, it's a, it's a really good idea to sell um, uh, overall plant health program along with the insect control. When you think about when you think about trees used in the average American landscape project, it sounds like these borers have everything kind of covered. They do. If uh, you know, if you've got a deciduous tree, there's a, there's a very good chance that there's a a flat-headed borer that can attack it. Um, so so it sounds like this is something that impacts a lot of a lot of properties and a lot of a lot of people around the country. Um, I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, these borers um, and emerald ash borer, you know, we, we've seen um, in lawn and landscape and in other uh, in other media the the impact that emerald ash borer is having um, all across the country. Um, in terms of the damage caused by these other flat-headed borers, are we are you seeing that same level of damage and scope, or is emerald ash borer still the sort of the major leagues? And these and these insects are are in AAA. 
Yeah, uh, emerald ash borer is for sure the major league. Uh, um, so you know, emerald ash borer can attack a tree, even a, even a, a vigorously growing, healthy ash tree, as as has been unfortunately evidenced in many communities, uh, especially in the Midwest. Um, you know, starting back in 2005. Um, so um, unfortunately, uh, that pest, uh, like I say, regardless of the tree health and so forth, um, can get in there and, and kill a healthy tree. All the other flat-headed borers tend to pick on. Uh, trees like like we've mentioned that are under stress or or are are weak for other reasons, uh, mm -hmm. but the EAB kind of stands out as a, as a, a nasty tree killer. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, but there again, it's uh, being uh, being you know these are all in the uh, in the family Bepressidae, so they are all somewhat similar in terms of their life cycle. Uh, so that again, with emerald ash borer, uh, you know, uh, adult activity is, is mainly May June. Um, treatment regimes would be applications would would start. In um, you know late April and go all the way up through early July, with um, you know your chemical choice um, being limited as the uh, as the as the as summer progresses. So basically, um, um, you know Merit has, has been a, a commonly used product along with our with ours our product Safari. Um, Merit restrictions is mainly on in terms of the uh, the timing. You've got a little bit less flexibility as to when you can use it. Uh, Safari because of its super systemic nature and fast uptake. Um, you can, you know, go get into June and even early July, and still get um, uh, good results with with uh, controlling emerald ash borer. Mm -hmm. So, so let's talk about emerald ash borer a little bit now. I know, I know you're out in the West, but I think you still got an interesting perspective on this sort of midwestern, uh, 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 this midwestern pest. Um, what are you and your colleagues seeing uh, in terms of development of EAB and, and what it's doing uh, now? Out in the field. Well, unfortunately, the spread of EAV continues to creep eastward. Um, there were some, you know, some recent reports um, that you know some other states in, in the eastern United States are, are um, you know, now it's been detected, and uh, so it's it's most likely been there for a few years, just not in populations large enough to see. And the expectation is that it will spread throughout the range of uh, of ash in the United States. So mm -hmm. um, both both in the and it is becoming more of a a western. Um, concern as well. Uh, I know they're looking for it actively in in, uh, in South Dakota and uh, in, in Colorado. Really, anywhere where there's there's ash trees, there's a, the potential for this uh, this pest to um, to get to. So um, you know, for um, for high value ash trees and and uh, so forth, uh, some people are taking a proactive approach and and um, you know looking at, at treatment programs and so forth just to make sure that the uh, you know the the tree doesn't doesn't um, become infected. Or infested, I should say, and um, mm -hmm. you know, trying to trying to protect the tree. Sure, because I think uh, one thing that you see on the maps uh, of the of emerald ash borer's current distribution, and, and that looks bad enough, but when you superimpose that on a map of of at the ash range in the United States, I mean the impact is is staggering. That that could eventually happen. Yeah, it really is a uh, it, it it really is a um, an urban um, environment changing pest. Uh, for those communities that have chosen not to actively manage uh, for the pest, uh, they've seen a you know dramatic decline in their in their ash trees, um, and it's really changed the the landscape. Um, you know some some of the uh, areas where they had you know nice shaded streets uh, with uh, lined with ash trees, you know those are those are now gone, and um, and they will be for a number of years. So there's 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 an interesting body of work that's that's being done on the um, on the uh, the impact uh, that emerald ash borer is going to have on on um, Urban landscape—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's quite staggering and and negative. So um, 
you know, the good news is that there is something that can be done if, um, you know, if, if communities are, are willing to, uh, to treat for it. So, um, and I think uh, in the last several years there's been a kind of a change in mentality from, from using a chainsaw to, um, you know, to using some of these new tools that, um, that effectively manage the pest while posing minimal risk to the environment. Mm-hmm. Well, I know uh, uh, Valen has teamed up with um, all sorts of cities around the country for this Legacy Tree Project, um, and I think it, it's worth mentioning here kind of what that's about and, and, and um, how that's working. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so, um, you know, we, we recognize the threat that this uh, pest has, and, um, you know, back, back uh, about four years ago or so, we started working on the, uh, the Legacy Tree Project, and we, we wanted to work with some communities that were interested in managing um, their ash trees and protecting their ash trees from this pest, and, um, and work with them to, uh, you know, to, to provide some chemical and also some advice uh, and, and so forth. We also wanted this to be a longer-term commitment because uh, this is not a, um, it's, it's not a series of wars. It's, it's an overall battle, or excuse me, it's not a series of battles, it's an overall war that we're sure. waging here. So you can't expect results from, you know, just one year treatment and you're, and you're good. It's going to, it required a commitment. So, um, and, and the other thing is that, you know, we've got areas that were, that were untreated versus the, the trees that we've chosen to protect. And it's, uh, it's quite dramatic. We've got uh, some very good information um, out there on that. And we're continuing to, to um, you know, to develop the, the case histories on, um, on these things. But the, the Legacy Tree Project has provided um, the communities that chose to participate uh, a very good way of, of understanding uh, that they can manage this pest and, and, and you know, we can prove that, that um, with some commitment uh, these pests can be managed and the communities can be maintained even with this new uh, invasive insect pest being here. Great. Well, well, Todd, those are all my questions. Is there anything else you'd want to share with our listeners today? Uh, no. Um, that's it. I appreciate the chance to talk with you um, and to uh, you know, get get some of your your, your customers out there and, and looking for uh, for some of these pests. I know it's going to be a challenging year this year uh, with uh, with spring being so so up and down, and um, and so you know it's, we're not really going to know what the what happened with regard to this drought for another uh, month or so as uh, as trees fully emerge from from winter and get into summer. So um, it should be a, an interesting and perhaps challenging summer. I, I have no doubt that it will be a very interesting summer. Todd Mayhew, Field Development Manager uh, for the Western Region for Valent Professional Products. Uh, I'm Chuck Bowen, Editor at Lawn and Landscape Magazine. Thank you all for listening to the Lawn Care Radio Network. You can stay tuned for more uh, great stories about the landscape market and uh, continued coverage of uh, Emerald Ash Borer and its impact on the industry. Thank you again.